the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. And as we move on, then God directly addresses, okay, where is this God of justice? And listen to this. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? Let me see, shepherds and wise men, and uh, in the first one, right? The first, but this is saying something severe. Who's going to be able to stand when he comes this time? Then we're in the last half of verse 2. He will be like a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. He will sit as a smelter, a purifier of silver, and so on. So this second time that the Lord's coming, that who can stand in it? He will come to cleanse, purify, and refine his covenant people. Okay. I think one of the problems we get mixed up in is when we read eschatology, end-time stuff, we always want to plug America into it. Or our, uh, but that ain't what it's about. Okay. Uh, it's focused on Israel, the people, of the, particularly when we use Old Testament stuff. It's focused on that, and we've got to be careful about taking all those things of Israel and applying it to us. But when we get to Revelation which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, okay? when we start reading that, all that stuff in there that you see that's so ugly and everybody talks about, and you can go to prophetic conferences about it, there will be one every weekend somewhere, okay? um, is really about Jesus coming to judge. God has given him that right to judge. So he comes to do this cleansing and purifying so that Oh, there's a purpose to that. Okay? So that they may present, his people, may present to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Before you go too far. It says offerings here. It doesn't say sacrifices. Uh, There's no need if, you know, in the millennial reign, whether you believe that or not, the concept of a time when Christ is reigning on earth for a million years, there's no need for animal sacrifices. Okay? Now, we are supposed to offer up spiritual sacrifices of ourselves and how we live. Okay? So don't necessarily plug it in as some goat or bull or something, but this is offerings in righteousness. Then, that would be at that time, the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in the former days. Now I'm going to go to Zechariah again, chapter 12, verse 8. 
On that day, the Lord will. Now, we already read, okay, where these people are going to attack. God's going to come. Jesus is going to come and stop that. So on that day, the Lord will protect the inhabitants of Jerusalem. The one who is feeble among them on that day will be like David, the house of, and the house of David will be like God, like the angel or messenger of the Lord before them. And on that day I will seek to destroy all the nations who come against Jerusalem. Has that happened? Sorry. Uh-uh. And I will pour out, even in 70 A.D., that did not happen, nor shortly after. I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a, the spirit of grace and of pleading, so that they will look at me whom they pierced, and they will mourn for him like one mourning for an only son. They will weep bitterly over him like bitterly weeping over a firstborn. <laughs> you mean? Yeah, I mean when they see Jesus for who he is, why are they weeping? Because we've been living 2,000 years without him. Okay, that's my view of that. But he brings a spirit of grace. We see this period of time where the Lord will come, he's going to defend Israel, and Israel's going to recognize Jesus, Jesus as the Messiah. Okay? Then, next prediction. I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be a swift witness against. And he lists all of these. Okay, notice Harry Potter's in the list. I'm sorry, he is. Sorcerer, witchcraft, that's, that's what Harry Potter's are all about. So God's going to judge that. Yeah, I, I said that out loud. Okay? So there's this next part, he comes in judgment. He ends that phrase with, says the Lord of hosts. Not Malachi, the Lord of hosts. It's similar to Ezekiel 20, 34 through 38. The, the, the Jews were taking God's covenant with them, only one side of it, the blessings. They were taking that for granted. Okay? They fought for some reason because they were going through the religious activity. God was bound somehow to bless them. And they find out it's not. We'll see that next week. Okay? Theologically here, let me make a couple theological points. The day of the Lord is coming. It is certain. That's the emphasis here. It will be unexpected. I didn't say secret. Please don't notice I did not say secret. I said unexpected. Okay? His, his coming will include an aspect of purifying and judging. And I don't have time this morning to go through all the scriptures along that line. Second, the fact of God's full and final wrath and judgment of the sinner even though it has yet to be manifested, that final judgment, doesn't mean God's not judging sin now. When we're standing back, and you're looking at the wicked, well, why ain't God doing something? He is doing something about it. 
Now, he has done something about it in the cross, but he's doing about also, if you go to Romans 1, that's what it tells us, Romans 1 and 18. For the wrath of God is being, it says is revealed, but it's in that present perfect tense, is being revealed from heaven against ungodliness and unrighteousness okay, of the people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. So it is, how? It is? God's wrath is being revealed? Let me show you how. God gave them all up to a vile impurity and lust of their hearts, verse 24. Verse 26, he gave them up to a degrading passions, including homosexuality and all of its forms. Verse 28, he gave them up to a depraved mind. You, you want to you know, how do you know God's bat wrath is revealed? Look at all the evil around you. He, he has turned them over to the ways they want, and that evil runs worse and worse and worse. That is the judgment of God. Now, it's not the final judgment, but a world where evil's running amok is judgment. Even so, we get down to Romans chapter 2 and verse 3. But do you suppose this, you foolish person, who passes judgment on those who practice such things, yet does them as well? Let me put it this way. The evil people out there, will we put blind sacrifices on the altar? Yeah, you, you want to you wanna judge what they're doing there, but you go lie on your taxes. Because liars was one of the ones listed in the passages, okay? That you will escape the judgment of God. Do you think lightly, lightly of the riches of His kindness and restraint and patience? Not knowing that the kindness of God leads to repentance. But because of your stubbornness and unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath, the revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will repay each person according to his deeds. Okay, So even though God's wrath is, is being revealed by, now, by the fact he's just letting and okay, you want to be evil and rotten and debaucherous, and we, good, I'll just turn you over that, I'm just going to pull back myself from you, and I'm going to let you do that, and you're going to find out what life is like when I'm not holding you back. Let me put it this way. None of us are as evil as we could be. But God in his restraining grace, okay, but when he pulls that back, we begin to run in that we, humanity as a whole. And I think we've seen that through periods of history. Yeah, we've seen that in periods of history. But, it, but, but just because of that, don't think because you're looking at all of them out there and the wicked are doing this and the wicked are doing that, the wicked are doing, but you yourselves, let me put it another way. One of the things on the list of things that they're in, in uh, wherever it is we're at, Malachi, Okay, uh, was adultery, right? And you're going, those people out there that commit adultery. But Jesus had turned that around. When you lust after a woman in your heart, yeah. Now, let's get real. Thinking it isn't the same thing as doing it. But they both are a sin against the very nature of God. Okay, so he's at, the call here is to look, make us look inward, quit looking outward, at those out there that God should be zapping because they're bad and evil, and miss the fact that we're sinners too. 
Now, the difference being this, is Christ's perfect life has been credited to my account if I have put my trust in His life and His work, His resurrection, not in my ability to offer offerings, whether they're perfect lambs or imperfect ones, okay, to go to church and make sure I worship the Lord in spirit and truth every time, that I trust Him, it's not relying on that. But there is a judgment coming, besides what we see in our world today. Judgment for what? God's wrath upon wickedness. Being saved, I'm saved from the wrath of God. By who? By God. The cross is this. Salvation from God, by God. And that messes with people. They don't like that. It has to be salvation from the devil. Or the cost of sin in life. I hate to tell you, Romans 1 tells you, sorry, there's going to be a cost of sin in this world, and it's going to get worse. But it's God's wrath, His judgment, that I deserve that Jesus took. Too many people want to think God will just ignore their sin and judge someone else's. Since since I don't see Him judging the really bad person, I get a get-out-of-jail-free card, you know, kind of thing. I, I get a pass because, you see, when I look at him over there and I put his good deeds and bad deeds on a scale, his bad deeds weigh down his good ones. But me, 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 when you put my bad ones on there, my good ones outweigh my bad ones. So I can show you video, video online from the Truth Project, from all kinds of other things, okay, that are going to show you that people think if they're good ones, Outdo their bad ones. And most people think they are getting in. Well, this guy over here isn't. Okay? They assume God's patience with final judgment of the wicked means they're okay. Okay? You ask people today, they'll tell you people people are basically good. Just go next door, ask your neighbor this Thanksgiving. I don't family member. Okay? When evil runs amok, we tend to feel like, where's God? Well, first thing you've got to realize is God's in the evil running amok, and he didn't make him do it. He just pulls back his grace and lets humanity be what humanity is in its nature. But in those moments that we feel, God, where are you? Okay? Um, those moments seem like, God has banished his grace from the situation, and I say it like that on purpose. Okay? In those moments, our lamentations, and I use that word again on purpose, arise from a deep longing for God, for a need for communion. But evil, when we see the evil around us, when we look at the evil around us, where are you, God? I would suggest quit looking at the evil around you and look at God. But anyway, okay. Job had this moment when he saw what was happening in his life, the situation around him, and he got his eyes there. He says this, I wish I was never born. I wish my daddy never looked at mommy with a twinkle in his eye. I'm doing that because he uses more explicit language than that. Job does. Okay. In those moments... When we don't sense God, I say it like that, feel God, we say something like this. Oh, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
See, on the cross, Jesus felt that wrath we're talking about. Not grace. It was wrath. And God pulled back the grace and let the wrath sit there. Without that grace, Jesus in his flesh, why? where are you? The wicked have run amok. Look what's happening to me. Look at my situation. I don't want to put words in Jesus' mouth, but I'm going to say how you would see it. Okay? That's a quote from Psalms 22. Go read it. Psalms 22 starts that way. My God, my God, why has you forsaken me? All right? But by the time we get to verse 19, it says this. But you, O Lord, be not far. Oh, yeah. yeah. I feel this way at the beginning of Psalm 22. Okay? Because everything that's happening, where are you, God? Aren't you just God? All that stuff that these guys felt. But you're not far off by the time we get to verse 22. I will proclaim your name to my brothers. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. Wait a minute, wait a minute, what? I feel this way. I don't, I don't, I'm not recognizing, and not in Jesus' case, but in these people, they're not seeing God's grace to the fact they're still breathing. They're, they're back in Jerusalem. They don't see the messianic kingdom there. But where are you? Aren't you just? Okay? But in the midst of that feeling, but I'll praise you in the assembly anyway. Why? Because you're not afar off. Verse 24. For he has not despised nor scorned the suffering of the afflicted, nor has he hidden his face from him. Oh, but God turned his back and couldn't look on Jesus. Uh, he did not hide his face from him. Hmm. But when he cried to him for help, he heard. The problem is when we see this kind of thing and we see God pulling his grace away from the wicked and they get more wicked, where are you, God? Have you, have you just forsaken our country? Because we tend to think Americanized, right? Where, where are you? And people begin to doubt. So did Jesus. Welcome to the club. You just need to read the, read the rest of Psalm 22. It feels this way, but he didn't and hasn't forsaken his people. No matter how crazy Washington's got, no matter what some law you see over in Europe, no matter what you see, he hasn't. Now there's judgment you see there, yes. And here's the bummer part about it. We go along for the ride. I'm Daniel. I'm living, doing fine. And all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar comes, takes everything over. And now we know Daniel was righteous, but didn't he get taken into slavery? We have this escapism idea in America. Okay, For some reason, the rain will fall on the unjust, but not on the just. That's using a Bible term. Okay, There's some reason that we... we did you know there was good, wonderful, godly people were killed in the Holocaust. Well, Pastor, you're not being very encouraging. Yeah, but I'd rather have you know that life isn't always going to be your best life now. 
that you're not always going to have your blessing, that it's not always going to be perfect. But God is still there. He's still the same God. He's still just, and he's going to judge sin. I know you can't see it when you see certain things, especially that thing in front of us, that big square thing like that, and you see that, and you see what's on you go, really? Oh, my gosh, God, do you realize what they're saying? How they're mocking you, how they're... God will judge. And suffering in evil world does not prove that God does not exist. Rather, it proves that God is patient with the wicked. It shows he is good, not that he isn't good. His goodness, his patience, don't don't mix that up with with the idea that God don't care or there isn't a God. His patience and his kindness in that patience leads to repentance. So I started to say to some, how about you? When the wrath of God does come in its final, when Jesus returns, go read Revelations, let it scare you to death. Okay, that's fine. You could do that. When he does come to bring his wrath, that Jesus, the one that the people rejected, God the Father gives the right to judge to the Son whom they rejected, and he will come and judge. That those words that you hear, the fire and all that, is it literal fire? No, it's making a point. You're going to wish it was fire. Okay? He's going to come judge. Where are you? Are, are, are you the Israelites going, yeah, but you have, here's my good works here, and that guy over there will get his. Be careful. Jesus returns to the earth physically okay, and refines his people. Why? Because then the sacrifices are holy. That's the sacrifice of the pure heart. When they worship him now, it's, it's not this artificial religious thing. God made a promise to Israel. He's going to keep it. All right? But that also gives a typology for us. God's going to keep his promise to us. He's going to keep his promise to judge wickedness. Sin. What sin? That who offends him. I'm sorry. God does not look at evil and is his side. Oh, well, that's good because, because you're, you're a nice person. No. That homosexuality sexuality offends the very nature of the triune God. I'm not going into all that. Okay? Don't, don't, don't start doing that. You're doing the same thing these guys did. And God wanted to remind them, you better watch out because I'm going to come to judge. Now, I thank God for this. I, I have put my faith in Jesus Christ, my Lord, that all the judgment I justly deserve. I deserve it was placed on Jesus Christ. It's called grace, folks. I got His righteousness. Why? Because I earned it? No, 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 no. God's grace. That's it. Have you put your faith in the life, work, death, resurrection, the person of Jesus Christ, or are you thinking that your sacrifices you make, your blind sheep... Your stolen goat. Are you looking out there saying, yeah, God's going to get them, but me, I'm in. You better be careful. Have you put it, faith, in Christ's work, not yours? If you have not, when he returns, you will be judged by that same guy who you will not put your faith in. 
I know, I know, I know, that doesn't ravel the crowd. That, that getting excitement doesn't put more money in the offering, does it? But it's the truth. We don't want to be like that, looking out there. Where are you, God? Judge them. I got, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, God. Have I got it right? Have I put my trust in you instead of my sacrifices and my worship and what I do religiously? There are plenty of people sitting in churches across the world today who have just that attitude. They think because they show up and they do this and they do that and, you, and I got baptized and I take communion and I put money in the offering and, and I haven't divorced my wife yet even though I want to. I, yeah. yeah. Thank God it isn't in me because my thoughts daily go run amok. But I recognize there are days when I feel, God, where's your grace? Where, where's your, your justice? And where's... But then I can remember that he never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He doesn't turn his back on me because I'm an idiot, because I sin, because I falter. And I will declare his great wondrous salvation to the generations yet to come. And the end of chapter 22 of Psalms is, it is done, it is complete, it is finished. However, whatever translation you want to use there, Christ on the cross said, it is finished. What? My redemption, my justification, through Christ's work, it's finished. Now that's a reason to shout. Let's stand. Yeah, now I'm too hot. See, I should have left the heat on. Father, I thank you for your amazing grace, your loving kindness that expressed to just keeping the world turning and giving the wicked one more day. Your goodness is expressed in that. But God, ultimately, your goodness, your loving kindness, your mercy and grace is seen in the cross of our Christ who took our punishment, who took your wrath, God, I ask you to quicken the hearts of those that are listening today that haven't put their faith in the work of Christ. They're still measuring the scales and thinking their goodness will get them through. They keep looking at the others out there and saying, We're not, I'm not as bad as them. But God, I pray that you turn their eyes towards you and there they find they are completely wicked to the core. And the only hope is Jesus Christ. God, we look forward to the day you reveal yourself as the just judge for we will rejoice in his mighty hand I pray. Amen This is Pastor Randy Reams and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho and if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media and there you can also subscribe to the podcast if you're being ministered to by this broadcast i'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry giving is easy just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give there you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter but if you prefer you can send your gift to kbc p.o box 32 nampa Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. 
Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.